Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. I'm Andrew Castats, Aaron Parkinson. And if you're watching by TV or listening by radio via podcast, this is the Black Friday edition of Sales Velocity TV. They should call it, Aaron, Black Year 2020. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, right? It's been Black Friday is, is here, but really it's been a black year. But hey, there's, there's ways out and we're close to the end. 2021 is coming. Good to be with you again here for a Friday Live. Good one today. On the two by three selling method, I think uh, folks will love this. But uh, as always, good to be with you here on the show and uh, another good one lined up. Yeah, I don't know if we call it Black Swan Friday this year <laughs> or, or or Black Cloud Friday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a weird, weird year. I think that we're going to look back on this, you know, five, ten years ago. I said I think that there's even going to be five, a say from now. Yeah, five, ten years from now, I, I think that there's there's going to be a trend that picks up. You know, like everybody being called a Karen. I think anytime something goes wrong, people are just going to start going. That's 2020. Yeah, it's almost going to it's going to be it's going to be a verb, right? Like, yeah, you got 100%. googled, or you or you you know, we're making a Xerox copy, right? It's oh, yeah. you got 2020, right? You got you had 2020. a 2020 moment, right? They'll be it's calling like it. it's like it's like in football on the on yeah. the weekends when they say you got you got you got lost. lost. Hey, by the you way, got, that's, you know, that's a, that's one of my favorite, com- even my kids, my daughter is six years old. And if anybody's a sports fan, like Aaron and I were huge football fans and, and I, and Randy Moss is, is, was one of the greatest receivers of all times. And they have this funny little entertainment segment where if somebody does something really stupid or they just make a really bad decision, or they just got, I don't know, crushed on a play, you got mossed. And it is just hilarious. I don't know if that one's funnier though, than the, um, What's the other one they do? You, they, the come you, on man. Yeah, the come on man's great because the come yes, on man can be like it veers off the field a little bit. You got him backwards though. The come on man is when you do you're something right, you're right. really yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, it, the most is when a guy jumps over right. the top the of catch. another guy and and catches the ball because yeah. he used to jump over top of people and just pick it right out from them. Exactly. They say you got mossed, and I and I think that. You know, next year and the year after and the year after, when something just goes completely off the rails, come we're going to say you got twenty twenty, bro. You got twenty twenty. Come on, man. But the come on, man's awesome. It's like, come on, man. You're better. It's like you're better than that, right? Yeah. On, it was like it was like when your boy Brady didn't know what down it was oh a couple weeks God. ago. They were like, come on, man. I don't even want to talk about it. I mean, <laughs> one minute left in the game and you throw a pick at that level. Come on. You know, you're <laughs> laughing like you're laughing now at me when it happened because you know what I was probably looking like at that moment as I'm lying in bed saying, please, can I go to sleep? It's so late past my bedtime and Brady throws a pick. I'm thinking they could tie the game and it could be a great moment for him. But hey, hey, we did say we'd bring football to the show, but I digress because knowing us, we could look at the clock and we'd be talking football for 20 minutes and be like, oh my God, we got a show to do today. So, and we do, and we're going to talk about selling as we always do. You know, we're actually going to veer off a little bit. I'm thinking, Aaron, you know, kind of looking at our show list in the next couple of weeks. Uh, good one coming up on scaling the business. And I think it's a fitting one coming up as we enter a new year. But today we're talking about something I, I don't want to say I developed it, but I massaged it called the two by three selling method. And it's a formula for integrating a certain kind of psychology into all of your sales process. And it doesn't matter if you're selling on the phone, on a webinar, 
in print, right? Salesmanship in print, in person from stage, it applies to all of that. And we, I think we've touched on it in previous episodes, but this two by three selling method, uh, I think will be really helpful for you as you go back and maybe audit any presentations that you have that you're working on right now. So this is, it's always good to audit your sales stuff, right? If we have something that's performing well, you know this, and it's out there right now on the web, maybe it's a sales page or a sales letter, or it's a script that you have salespeople doing, or it's a webinar, which is a common way to sell one to many today. Sometimes it's good to go back even yearly and do an audit on it and really look at it from top down. And even if it's performing well, can it do better? And where can I maybe add, you know, some, some, some psychological triggers that make the difference in the decisions? You know what? And and we always try to add little golden nuggets in these or, or they just, you know, float to the top. Our editing team does a great job of grabbing them out and putting them in our trailers. But you know, it's funny that you bring up this audit conversation because I just got hit up from one of our team less than five minutes ago. Um, one of our clients has been running the same, uh, weight loss offer for four years and she's done remarkably well, about 10 million a year in revenue, you know, very well known, uh, very successful, but the cost per acquisition, uh, cost per acquisition is getting higher and higher. And it's not just the rising cost of traffic. It's actually the conversion rates are starting to get lower and lower, mm, interesting. um, in the offer. And they asked me if this week we could do an audit of it, you know, to see if it needs a freshening up or, you know, and, and when you do an audit, it's really good to do an audit yourself for sure. Take the framework, you know, a framework, maybe the framework that we're talking about today and audit yourself. But then it's even better to give that framework to an outside set of eyes and say, read this framework. Now look at my offer Mm. because it's all, you know, your business is often like your kid. You can't see you know, what's going wrong because you're too close to it. You're too emotionally yeah. attached to it. Yeah. yeah. And when you give it to somebody else who's got fresh, non-biased opinion of your stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing how they'll point things out and you'll go, I can't believe I missed that. Exactly. But you're just too close to it and too you've been too to close it. to it for too long. And a little bit too emotionally attached to it because it's your offer that drives your revenue. So there's, there's automatically an emotional attachment, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. That means you you know, you're you all in on it, which is great. You care. Yeah, exactly. But you're right about that. That outside objective set of eyes makes it. And that's coaching, right? Coaching and consulting and, you know, outside advisors. We've never met any real successful business that doesn't have a team of advisors that can come in and be objective. And especially when it comes to your sales process, man, you know, that tends to be the one they look at the least, but it's the one that needs to be looked at the most. And if you're not doing these I don't know, quarterly, biannually audits, great time to do that. This is fitting because what we're going to talk about today is some of the psychology that can be integrated. And there's three components of this two by three selling method. And I call it a two by three selling method because the two is it can double your sales quickly. The three means there's three parts to it. And it's not anything that I created or Aaron created. Uh, in fact, I don't know who created this, this little formula, but it's a, it's a, it's a probably a hundred plus year old copywriting principle called problem agitate solution. It's this three-pillar framework that if you look at every sales process you have and you identify the problem the right way, you agitate it enough, and then you bring your solution in so the solution doesn't come too fast. It comes a little bit later. You can create a sales process that is very elegant, and it stirs up enough emotion for decisions to get made. I think a lot of sales processes today don't have enough emotion. There's too much logic, not enough emotion in the sales process or the sales script or the webinar or the presentation. You look at it and you say... I could look at it and go, it's good, but I don't have enough feeling. 
And a really right. good sales process creates, it elicits a feeling. Now, this isn't about being negative. This isn't because a lot of times there's confusion with this whole agitate thing, which we'll talk about, right? There's this confusion that, that you have to be like completely negative and the sky is falling and that's how you move people to a decision. No, what you're doing is you're just highlighting the problem to a point where somebody can realize that it is a true problem. Because sometimes, as you said a second ago, you don't see the problem in the sales process because it hasn't been agitated enough. So we'll take you through this formula today and we'll talk about all the different medias it can apply to. And I think you'll be like, ah, yes, I could go in and surgically make a couple little tweaks into my sales process. Maybe I need to be a little bit more specific with the problem. Maybe I need more emotion around that agitation piece. And then my solution tends to make more sense or become an automatic next step in the process. That's what we'll talk about here today. Absolutely, I'll let you kick it off. Anything you wanna to add to that? Um, no, I mean, this is, a, this is a framework that's been around for a million years. Some people will call it pain agitation solution. Some people will call mm -hmm. it problem agitation solution. You know, what you just have to remember is that people only buy for one of two reasons, right? It's to elicit joy or it's to reduce pain. Avoid pain, yeah. Right. And, and, and so whatever type of marketing and sales that you do, you have to ask yourself, you know, to what level does this either reduce my pain or perceive to reduce my pain or increase my, you know, level of happiness, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being that it's black Friday, which is the biggest e-commerce on, you know, I think it's the biggest e-commerce day period online and offline. Oh yeah. But by far, um, you know, you look at the products that are out there and we have, you know, clients that come to us all the time and they say, I want to sell said product. And whether it's the product itself or the way that it's being marketed, we always ask ourselves the same question, right? Which is, is this a brand play? I.e. we've got to like have some type of social you know, impact attached to it. And like, you know, we, we take our plastic from, you know, the ocean and, and that's how we make our product or we're tied to a charity or we've got some type of, you know, influencer that everybody knows that's endorsing it. Like, mm -hmm. is it a brand play where we need to, you know, attach all these other mechanisms because it doesn't really stand out in the market. It's a me too product, mm -hmm. right? Or is it a holy shit product? And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, from an e-commerce standpoint, when we see, you know, the trailer of the video or the image or the description, it stops you in your track and it tracks and it makes you say, holy shit, I need that. Yeah. Like, right. Well, I haven't that, seen anything that, like this before. It's different. Yeah. It elicits that response of like, wow, I want it now. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that, my pleasure of life will go up tremendously if I have this right now. And so when you're, when you're marketing any of your, your, your business, you have any type of sales process, you, you need to quickly define, you know, how you're going to create one of those two, you know, emotional responses mm -hmm. and, and really drive it home to get that next step happening in the process. You can't just be like, I got this thing. It does this, blah, 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 blah. It, it, there's nothing there. It's, it's, it's yeah, a, who well, cares? Well, what you're doing in that example, I'm glad you said that is you're jumping right to the solution too fast, right? That gets met with resistance. We talk all the time on sales velocity about how do you sell more with less resistance? How do the best businesses in the world sell more with less resistance? They don't jump to the solution too fast because that always meets resistance. And you see right. this all the time with novice business owners or business owners that frankly aren't novice business owners. They're big business owners but they've never taken the time to study the psychology of how decisions get made with products. 
And that's what we want to talk to you about today because there's a psychological play that always has to precede the solution or the service or the product that you're offering. Yeah, and I, and I always go back to the same you know video that people can watch from Simon Sinek, right? Where yeah. we talk about decisions are made at at a limbic level, limbic level, and and that's an emotional response, mm-hmm. and and then they it's justified with facts and figures, which is a cerebral, you know, and and most people will just come at it from the cerebral first, and that's not where the decision making happens. The decision making happens at an emotional level. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about problem agitation solution, you're talking about attacking it at a limbic level first and then at a cerebral level second. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the reason that we do that as humans is because it's academic. We've all gone to school to some degree, right? Whether it's high school, college or past and everything is very academic and logical. So we tend to then drive our marketing messages into an academic and logical format until, the, until you, you do the training, right? Until you become a black belt or a brown belt, so to speak, in the art of persuasion, the art of selling, the art of copywriting called salesmanship in print in a lot of arenas. Until you go down that route, you'll stay academic and logical and you'll miss so much opportunity. You'll miss that emotional component, that emotional angle where most people will come in at. So if you look at your conversions right now, whatever business you may be in, and if hypothetically you're selling one out of 10 people, let's say your numbers are 10%, right? You do a presentation, you know pretty much you're at one or two out of 10 people, standard numbers, because most likely it's a logical kind of you know straight to the point type sales process. If you start doing what we're going to talk about here today, you could realistically be three, four percent, excuse me, three or four out of 10. Even if you go from two out of 10 to three out of 10, it's a monster jump percentage wise, right? Absolutely. Because what you're doing is now you're integrating a little bit more emotion and a little bit more, we're humanizing it now, right? Um, which is huge. Well, and, 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 and good sales, when we talk about sales with less resistance, actually translates to effective emotional communication. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, that's all it is, right? When we talk about selling more with less resistance, you know, you know, people think that you need to sell with resistance. They think that's what selling is. The more I sell, the more resistance I have. That just means there's usually a poor sales process in place and this doesn't exist. And this is, I love the simplicity of this problem agitate solution conversation because you could look at any sales process and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this from the perspective of just three things, not a list of 20 things. It doesn't have to be this long report. I don't have to read a book this thick about this. But at its base, base level, when you look at the way you're presenting, you start with the problem, okay? Because obviously you have a solution to a problem. So you said a second ago, Aaron, that people are driven by avoiding pain or gaining pleasure. Statistically speaking, people are three to four times more driven by avoiding pain than they are gaining pleasure. Not saying you have to go out there with the pain message, but I can tell you statistically, we've been doing this since before Google was even public and before social media even existed, especially on the internet. And rarely will you see a company go the distance that doesn't make it a point to highlight the problem in, 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 and really elegantly move to the solution in their sales process. So if you look at some of the big marketers out there, um, and I look at a lot of the financial stuff on CNBC, and and I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but there's this company called Fisher Investments that is dominating the financial planning space right now because they are true direct response marketers. They they get it. 
they get what we're talking about here today. And everything they lead with, we've talked about this before too on different episodes, is education that is designed to show, show someone how to avoid the pain of retiring broke. That's basically their message. You know, they do that with get our DVD on the seven steps to avoid running out of money at retirement, get our free report on the three pitfalls to avoid as you cross the age of 70 and start thinking of like, they're always using different versions of it, but they're never saying we are the leader in mutual funds. We are the top annuity player out there. We can guarantee you income for life with our annuity angle, right? They're not doing that. Although that's their product. They're always leading with that problem right there, right? They're leading with, there's a problem looming. A lot of baby boomers, 60 plus, are, are, have the fear of running out of, retire, uh, uh, out of money at retirement. And, and we can show you in this information, education, DVD, fill in the blank, how to avoid that. And naturally, once you consume that, you move to the annuities or the funds or whatever the heck they're selling. So you see the difference? So they, they spend a tremendous amount of time and money on copywriters and on salespeople to get that messaging correctly on making sure the problem is front of mind, not the solution. We're not getting on CNBC and spending a ton of money, big money to advertise on CNBC, big money. Yep. We're not jumping yep. on there and throwing the annuity out there. We're jumping on there and throwing the three pitfalls, the seven pitfalls, the things you need to avoid to not run out of money at retirement. Perfect example of just one company. So let's think about your presentations now. Do you lead with the problem? Meaning you're clear on what's going on so you can then move to emotionalizing that. That's the first thing you want to ask yourself, right? Well, and, and I'll give you a perfect example of the problem. And, and my friend Ryan McKenzie uh, just, was just publicized as uh, one of the top 10 fastest growing startups in Canada. And what do they do? He's got a company called True Earth. And so he can get a shameless plug today. I'll tag him in my, my post later. So I think that you told me about uh, this, yeah. He can, he can thank me. But <laughs> basically what, um, what they looked at was that in the laundry detergent sector, mm -hmm. there was something like 150 million plastic bottles going into the landfill a uh, year yeah, a on laundry detergent. Disaster. So they launched a, 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 a strip that's biodegradable that you can just put into your laundry mm -hmm. and, and, and it does the same thing as, you know, Tide or any of these other companies do. It's just, it's not coming in a giant plastic bottle going into the landfill. Mm -hmm. So they didn't come out and say, here's this strip. It, it cleans 60 loads of clothes. It, uh, it smells good. It, uh, you know, all the That's same. That's the average plain vanilla novice approach right there. Absolutely. Right. They came out and they said, did you know, that every year there's 150 million plastic bottles going into the landfill every single year. And the crazy part is that in those bottles, 90% of it is water. So it's a completely unnecessary situation because it's totally watered down. And they did this great commercial with the Harmon brothers. I don't know if you know the Harmon brothers, um, you know, and, and people can search it up where they basically, it was a whole commercial around things you don't need to add water to. You don't need to add it to, you know, your, your bed. You don't need to add it to your, the, like all these stupid things that you wouldn't add water to. And they're like, well, if you wouldn't add water to these things, why are we adding it to laundry detergent? Right. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they went into the whole plastic bottle and the landfill thing and blah, 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 blah. And then they said, here's true earth. You know, it gets shipped to you automatically. You don't have to go to the grocery store and pick it up anymore. It shows up at your door. It's biodegradable. And, and so they made people aware of the mm -hmm. problem. 
And then they agitated it by basically in a very subtle way saying, you're an irresponsible human. You're an irresponsible parent. How if much you're, longer do you want to stay this way, right? Right. Like the fact that you're buying this when you know this exists, you, you're okay with the fact that your kids are going to have all these plastic bottles in the landfill when you know there's a, a better solution. Yeah, don't be a part right? of the problem, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're now part of the problem. Right. And here's the easy solution. We've got True Earth. It does this. It does this. It's a, it's a great commercial. They did an awesome job with it. It's a masterful lead is what it is. Absolutely. And that's and the problem right there. Right? Well, good. Yeah. I mean, that's that meaning not a problem. They led with the problem masterfully, right? <laughs> Got to say did. it the right way here, right? They, they're not the they problem. They're, they're the solution. I mean, that, they're doing what right. we're talking about right there. They led with so, a beautiful example of the problem. If you had just come out and said, we've got this new biodegradable laundry detergent strip. The, the problem with most people is that they're conditioned to doing things one way. Yeah. Right? So it's hard to decondition them or uncondition them to their habits, right? So you have in, in a lot of cases, there's situations where they don't know they have a problem. So there's, there's essentially two groups of, of audiences. Mm -hmm. People who know they have a problem and you come out and you say to them, you have a problem. Have you, you fixed know, it yet? Then you agitate it and then you solve it. And then there's another group of people that don't know they have a problem. So you have to educate them on the fact that they have a problem. And, and, and then you got to agitate it, you know, and, and, and just keep adding fuel to the fire as to why it's such a big problem to the point where you break them down and then you go, and here's the solution. And then they go, ah, God, I it. need this, right? I, I need, need this, this, right? I need this. Now, now Aaron, the tr the trickiest part of all, so the problem thing is is relatively straightforward. Like two great examples, Fisher Investments Financial, the, the earth company you just mentioned, masterful jobs of leading with a problem, making someone aware of it, and then gracefully moving to their solution. But it's this middle piece that I think is the trickiest part, and it's the agitate piece. Because I've seen some companies also do this really well with problem solution. But they don't spend enough time in the middle. The middle is where it really gets into the art of persuasion and being able to communicate emotion. Agitation means you need to kind of stir it up a little bit, like you just did in that example a little bit. You know, how do you now stir it up? And this is this this isn't something that would happen overnight in, in a in a sales presentation. It's something that you would really need to dig into the psychology and the art of persuasion. Figure out now that we've highlighted the problem, how do we how do we dig in a little bit and really make them emotionally vested in it now? And that's where. You know, that, that, that's not easy to do. That's not something that you can just all of a sudden throw into a sales process. You might need to look at some other sales processes that do a great job of this. Read the books, study the great copywriters, and figure out how do they now stir up the emotion because um, the right emotion equals more conversions, right? Small amount of emotion, probably small amount of conversions. Large amount of emotion in your sales process, probably a higher level of conversions, so now this yeah, is this is this is the sophisticated part a little bit. Yeah, and the agitation. I mean, people are always looking for frameworks, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I find that the people who are most successful will will agitate in at least three different ways, right? And and usually you can come up with one fairly easy. It's the second and third that become difficult. And so there's a couple of different ways to do this, right? There's the short term, medium term, and long term agitation, right? There's the agitation play of like, how does it affect you? How does it affect others? How does it affect the world? Mm -hmm. Right? There's, there's the three level agitation play that way, you know, or there's the, the, the three different, um, you know, fundamental building blocks of agitation. So if you look at somebody like, uh, like my client who does the weight loss, right? 
it's um, think about how much more energy you could have on a daily basis. Think about how much longer you could live. Think about how much, you know, more effective you could be at your job, you know, because right now you're tired at 2 p.m., blah, 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 blah. Oh, and think about what your children are going to say when you die at 50 on something that you could have handled. Now, you find all these different points to agitate the consumer. It's not just about how do you get healthier, right? It's how do you find the different psychological angles to keep driving that, that pain point, you know, because the reality is, is that, and, and I think that a lot of people overlook this. If somebody's watching, if somebody's chosen to watch your ad or they've opted into your list or, you know, they've been gate, they come to a live event or whatever, watching a webinar, whatever, watching a webinar. Here's the thing. There's nobody that's showing up that thinks you're not going to try and sell them something. None, zero, Every, no matter how crafty you think your marketing is. Everybody is fully aware that you're gonna try and sell them something. So if you're not selling a large percentage of the people, that's on you, that's not on them because they knew you were gonna try and sell them. They have the problem. They, they wouldn't have be enough, there. Right? They didn't they, have yeah, enough. they wouldn't be there otherwise. Yeah. Nobody's just, just taking time out of their day to, to download your report or show up at your live event or read your email. Not only do they know you're trying to sell them something, they want to buy it from you. That's why they're there. You just have to make sure you're giving them enough reason to do it and do it now. And to stay, right? And so half stay. that battle right there is you've done a masterful job getting them to attend. Yes. Webinar, live event, read your sales page, whatever the case, watch your video, whatever the case may be, you've give you've probably done a good job of saying, hey, there's this problem. We think we have a solution. Come on in. But the only way they're going to stay in and ultimately get to your solution is this middle agitation piece. And the flip side of what you just said, Aaron, is you can talk all day long about think how great you'll feel. Think about what this product will do for you, right? The, the weight loss people that, that do well, and there's multi-billion dollar weight loss companies online. You had a weight loss company. You get the psychology. But really, it's the other side of that equation. It's the questions like, how much longer do you want to stay stuck for? How much right. longer do you want to carry that extra 30 pounds that you've been trying to get off your body for the last 30 years? How much How longer do you want to stay drained of energy all day long? That's agitation. That isn't right. negativity. That is no. how much longer are you going to be okay not playing all out? And frankly, and, and if you're selling something and you don't have that much belief that you want to attack manhood and womanhood with your product and service, then frankly, you need a new product and service because you don't have enough belief to go all in on injecting emotion. And that's a huge problem. Well, and, and, the, and the easiest way to inject emotion is to get it, really spend some time and get inside of someone's mind mm -hmm. and ask yourself, where are the real life examples that this person goes through that you can trigger them flashing back right into that immediately? So an example is, you yeah. know, in the weight loss industry, be like, you know, how much longer do you want to be overweight? That's a very generic agitation solution. Taking it a step further would be like, how many more times do you want to go into your closet 
and look at clothes that you bought that you feel excited about wearing and have to put them back on the hanger because you know the moment you put them on and you look at yourself in the mirror, you're going to feel disgusted with what looks back out at you. That right? was, that's masterful agitation right there. The specificity. Yeah. As you're saying it, I'm I'm in my closet going, those pair of jeans. Right. Shit, he's right. That's right. what you did right there. You were very – the specificity in the description is the key. Exactly. How many, how many more times do you want to make up an excuse to not run around with your kids because you don't want to be embarrassed by your neighbors seeing you huffing and puffing running 12 steps down the road, right? It's, it's going that extra layer down psychologically in their mind where they're, it's almost the movie of what they've experienced is playing back and playing back yeah. and playing back, you know? It, 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 if you can get down to, into that extra level of psychology and actually get them playing the movie in the head and drawing the emotion back out, that's where that's the difference between good and great. Yeah, that was masterfully put by you in those two examples. I can tell that you probably had a weight loss company that did, you know, a couple hundred million dollars back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, I, Absolutely. I remember testing some of those products. They were pretty cool. But <laughs> hey, listen, here's the bigger lesson is – most likely you guys had to do a lot of deep study on your target audience to know what you know. Now that the other side of this is you'll never be able to inject enough emotion to close more sales. If you don't really know the audience and the audience's problems and the issues they're experiencing, because you can't be as specific as you just were. If you don't really know what that avatar is experiencing, that's the key. And, and I think that a lot of people, they, they, they say to themselves, well, I don't know how to get that information. And they make it more complicated than this because, you know, even with the advent of social media, we've got access to so many people at our fingertips nowadays. We, we know and have access to so many people that are currently experiencing the problem that we want to solve. Right on. And spending time ahead of time and asking them, like, what are the things that keep you up at night? What are the, the, the experiences that you've had? that have, you know, created some like emotional scarring, like really asking those questions. If you already have a customer list, surveying them and asking them and, and thanking them, maybe even bribing them for that information coming back is so valuable. Just be like, Hey man, just be totally raw with me. Like what, what was the straw that broke the camel's back that made you move forward? And they'll start to share with you stories and, and events that happened in their life. And you'll start to see a pattern yeah. in them that you can then package and move into your sales process. And when we start to ask those hard questions to your prospect in whatever form of media you use, what's going to happen is, is you're going to start to feel, you're going to start to, to, to target right in on that gut punch. Yeah. Right. Where they're the, scanning, the final blow, right? They're scanning and then you hit them with that one thing that hits them right in the emotional cord and gives them goosebumps and they go, Ugh, right. And they're like, that's it. How's it go again? <laughs> <laughs> you got it done twice. Right. Yeah. Like, but that's like, exactly right. Yeah. I was with, I posted this quote the other day and I'm, and I'm not sure if you know this guy, Naval. Or I saw not. the, I saw that if you, if you have it handy, that was a phenomenal quote, maybe worth sharing. Yeah. And the, cause, cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm studying some different things in my own business right now about where, where I want to go, where I want to end up, et cetera. And, and the quote was, uh, the win, the, the reason to win the game is to be free of it. I love that. Right. And I was like, wow, like. In your mind, you're like, how do I increase sales? How do I do this? How do I, and that one just like gut punched me where I went, 
yeah, I mean, that's the real reason. I want to be free of it so I can just focus on what I want to do or whether that's with the kids or the charities or the, the different investing or it, it just, it, it's the, it's that line that clarifies everything and cuts through the noise mm -hmm. that makes you go, I'm in, I'm yeah. bought in now. Yeah. Like I love where these guys are going. That's what you really want to have. Isn't that an amazing feeling by the way, when after a yeah. sales process, somebody goes, wow, I just, I bought because I really loved what you stand for, where you're going, what the product is all about. My problem was fill in the blank. That is, that is a, and it's, that's, that's winning. And it's, and they always followed up with, I feel like you get me. I feel like you were talking to just me is the win of the win of the win statements. And Absolutely. we've seen that in many different, like think about Pipeline Pro, our software company right now. I can't tell you how many times in a day somebody goes, wow, when I found your platform with everything in one place and I got to eliminate seven outside subscriptions that are all a mess anyways, I felt like you were talking to me because once I removed that overwhelm, I suddenly gained momentum and my sales doubled overnight. It happens every single day. And you need to find that sweet spot with your product because when you do, the game becomes fun. Right. I talk about winning. That's winning in sales is this middle piece of really knowing the psychology, the problem, right, that, that people are experiencing. So you can speak to it, tackle it. And frankly, this is leadership too, right? Lead people with agitation, with emotion to the decision, right? So lack of leadership in selling, I see it all the time. I look at sales processes and I go, somebody might say to me, hey, can you go look at my sales process and tell me what's wrong? I say, I, I really don't feel like you're leading me. I feel like there's a leadership breakdown and a leadership breakdown translates into there's just not enough emotion and you're not challenging me enough to make the big decision. I love when people challenge me a little bit in a sales yeah, process to move forward. What do you mean you're not going to move forward? What, what's, you know, what are you planning? You, you just told me, so if maybe if this was a one-on-one -on -one, you know, discovery call, strategy call kind of thing. So you told me earlier that under no circumstances would you not move forward to, 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 to solve this problem. But now you're telling me that you're not ready, right? As an example. So, you know, how much longer will you be in the not ready state? So questions like that can really get someone to go, yeah, you know, that's a good point. If I, if I'm ready to do, do anything possible now to solve this problem, why am I still telling myself I'm not ready? So when you can, when you can tackle that a little bit, people go, wow, you know that I, I hadn't, I, I, I haven't had it put that way. I needed to hear that to move forward. We see that quite a bit with stuff we do with clients, with, with projects. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, we all want to be led and sales processes do a good job of leading people to make the decision to nail down the solution. They do a great job of leading. And I know, you know, you know, Andy Andrews, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Did he speak my... at one of our events years ago? Yeah, he did. He's, he's, he's an actually, author of great book. What's the name of that book? It's called The Traveler's Gift. Yes. God, this was 10 years ago probably. Yep. <clears throat> and um, one of my favorite quotes that I never forgot. Well, there's these quotes that like they come in and they again, they punch you in the gut and you never forget them. Is I remember talking to him one time and he said, people are so starved for leadership that you could light yourself on fire and walk down the street and people would follow you just to watch you burn. Yeah, I remember that. That's a, that's, a, that's a fascinating statement and it has stood the test of time because you can look at every movement in history, good or bad, and they've all had that element. Absolutely. So that and, might and that Maybe that takes us off a different path, but it's still, at the end of the day, that's emotion, that's agitation, and it ultimately equals leadership. Well, yeah, and when, and when, you, when you have that agitation piece dialed correctly, 
the, the prospect feels like this person just gets me. Mm-hmm. They understand. And then when you start to challenge people, then it puts you in a position of more credibility because they already know you're in there, you know, in their mind and in, the, and in their heart. Right. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you keep that consistency through your entire process, then you're going to uh, attract people who believe what you believe. Right. Right. You know, I was speaking to, I don't know who I was speaking to the other day, but somebody was asking me, I don't even remember who it was, what, you know, why I keep running into this wall in my sales process. And in looking at the sales process, I said, you know, honestly, there's, there's, there's just a lack of clarity and leadership. It's not clear what's happening. And I feel like you're not, you're not all in driving the train to the decision. And it was sometimes it's not about what to say and it's not about fancy scripts and it's not about fancy design or funnels or webinars. It's just about creating the right psychology that makes all those things more effective. And very few do it today. So we talked about problem. Everybody can probably do a better job bubbling up the problem a little bit more. We talked about this agitation, emotion angle, which is really digging into what makes human do what humans do and what, what, what takes them to a decision. The persuasion piece is what it is. And then the easy part here is what everybody usually leads with is solution because now it's very easy to say, okay, now that we've spoken about A, B, C, and D, now that we're in agreement that all of this can be fixed, let me tell you what we've put together so that we can drill down and fix this fill in the blank problem, right? So it almost, that's where there's no resistance now is now when you bring services to the table or solutions to the table or your product to the table, they're ready to go because you've kept them in the game and they, 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 they've gotten enough leadership and emotionally charged enough to want to make that decision. So the product becomes, I mean, this, the selling part almost becomes the easy part when you take the time and do the work on problem and agitate. And, it, and it's nice because now you're not constantly like this with your selling process. We see that a lot, right? Where people are just, they're constantly up against the brick wall. They make it more painful than it has to be. They meet a lot of resistance because they haven't taken the time to learn the persuasion principles that make humans do what humans do. And when you get that, your sales process can become fun, not awkward. Yeah. When you get to the solution part, you know, not to just glaze over it, that's, that's when you start getting into your stats, your facts, your figures, right? That's where you start to put in you know, your three, you know, big benefits of your product or your service, you tack on, you know, overcoming the three big objections that people might have to moving forward. You add in some, some type of scarcity or bonus for fast action. Those are like the easy mechanics, Mm -hmm. you know, what it's, but it's about getting somebody to that, that, that point that all the hard work is done. Yeah. That's the lift. It's how many hang around long enough to even hear your solution if you haven't taken the time to make sure that you're on the same page with your prospect, even if it's one to many, on them agreeing that there's a problem and them also agreeing that I don't want to let it persist because you've done the work and you've put the triggers in place early on so that when that solution hits, it becomes a what are my options Choice A, choice B, choice C, right? It's nice to be selling from a standpoint of not yes or no, but option A or B or C. That's a great place to be. Absolutely. That's a great place to be. Who in your mind, you know, if somebody wanted to dive deeper into this topic, you know, we've all got our favorite books. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of this comes back to copy, 
right? Yeah, it's it copy it's and it's copy and, and print. it's video, it's print, it's you know, it's it's stage communication. Yep. You know, what are your top three favorite experts or books on this topic that people could refer back to? You know, if they, they're like, yeah, I, I get yeah. it but I yeah. need to like dive deeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, definitely Dan Kennedy stuff is, is, is the longest running most proven material out there. Um, so I, I always go to Dan Kennedy stuff first, if I need to go to the vault, so to speak, you know, I was part of Dan Kennedy's world for 10 years, was certified by him as a business advisor for nine years and his stuff's always the best. And most of the gurus that we see out there trained under him at one point. So then if I go to today's people, such as a Russell Brunson, a Mike Dillard, a Ryan Dice, a Frank Kern, there's all Dan Kennedy lineage in every single one of them. Yeah. They've all been paid customers or clients of Dan's or Dan's group at one point or another. So I like to start with, you know, I jokingly call Dan Kennedy the, the Warren Buffett of the marketing, direct marketing space. He's, you know, he's, he's gotten, he has some health challenges now. He's not in the game today as much as he was in years past, but it's nice to go to the deep rooted history people first and then sort of come down to who's doing it today. Russell Brunson stuff is great. Um, Digital Marketer does great stuff as well. I read a great book years ago when you and I met probably 12 years ago called Hypnotic Writing by, by Joe Vitale, which yeah. that's a, that was a great book that sticks with me to this day because this is kind of a hypnotic thing, right? You know, really good salespeople, stage salespeople, one to many on webinars, you know, every business owner should want to increase conversions and they should want to sell more stuff. And if they do, they're going to need to be somewhat of an actor in their movie that they're producing. They need to be slightly hypnotic and entertaining and, and have good energy and be there's leadership that we just talked about. All of that has to happen. And if you think about the best, the best movies out there that make the most money and that have the most action and that rivet you to the point where your heart's racing during the movie – all of that is salesmanship happening and leadership happening and emotion being driven inside of that movie. So when you look at, I look at a webinar as a perfect example of this, right? So when somebody does a webinar, they need to treat it like this is my life's work that I'm putting together as if I'm producing and writing a movie and it's about to go blockbuster. And when you look at your sales process, like you're creating a blockbuster movie, all of these triggers exist in blockbuster movie problems. They agitate the problem. Solution is the hero wins in the end. I mean, this is all, this is Hollywood scripted stuff that has stood the test of time, but it applies to business and it applies to salesmanship and print. It applies to one to many selling from stage or on webinars. So this is the kind of stuff that you really want to wrap your head around and understand the psychology and the persuasion principles. Great books like Influence by Robert Cialdini, you know, Persuasion, Persuasion. Is he Influence or Persuasion or both? Did he do both books? I can't remember. I think he might have done both. I think he might have done both. Yeah, I think he did Influence as the core, and then there's Persuasion and Presuasion. Is it Presuasion, the newer one, is this pre part. Presuasion, we talked about persuasion, is agitate in the middle. Presuasion is all the things that need to happen so that you don't meet more selling resistance in your processes. You're, you're, you're preempting uh, material and emotion first so that when you go to sell, the persuasion's part becomes easy. That's his most recent, I guess, 21st century book. There's a lot out there. It's just a matter of finding a guru or two that you resonate with that really, for me though, most important is not somebody who's you know, brand new online and they're throwing up a free report. I like to go back to history. What has stood the test of time, and here's the biggie for me, is the guys who could sell before the internet are the guys you probably want to study. Because yeah. when guys were putting sales letters in the mail, like a Dan Kennedy, like a Gary Halbert going way back now, some of the some of the older guys that write a lot of the big financial newsletters today. Or, or gambling, gambling 
$150,000 on an infomercial. Up front. Up front or a newspaper ad or whatever. They're all chips in. You and I could go get chewed up and spit out on a Facebook ad for a week and spend a couple grand. No big deal. But no big deal. these guys were going in six figures, 50K, 100K plus on either a TV infomercial or a sales letter in the mail. They had to be pretty damn good. So if you can yep. pull some of the old dogs, the Dan Kennedys of the world, if you pull some of their stuff that's been converted online, by the way, you can probably find it, right, in a lot of their courses. That's the stuff that's going to have a really masterful example of problem, agitate, solution embedded right through the sales process. You could take a weekend and study one of those guys' sales letters and go back to your sales process and go, oh, dear God, this thing is going to go to a whole new level because of these little principles that I can now integrate. That's the audit that we talked about earlier. That's the yearly wellness physical check that we do on our bodies, that needs to be done on your sales process as your annual or biannual wellness performance test on your sales presentation. And again, it doesn't matter if it's one-on-one, on a Zoom, one-to-many, on a webinar, from stage, from Zoom, on a sales letter, it's all the same. It's just different media. And that's the key lesson is don't let the media intimidate you it's the same human behavior that drives the decision in the end. Absolutely. I think on that note, that's probably a good place to wrap up. It's always about continuing education. I could have listed yeah. off 10 more other books, uh, biology, predictably irrational. You know, there's a whole bunch that are out there, but they, they typically all have the same frameworks and tenets in place and they're just described slightly different. Yeah. So, point. you know, when you talk about where we started this with today, auditing your process, mm-hmm. right? It's difficult to audit your process without a template to audit it against, you know, without some type of foundation to audit it against. So having a foundation from any one of these experts that we talked about and then look at them side by side, you're going to quickly see where you're lacking mm. badly. Where are the holes, right? Where, where are the holes? All these holes are. And then you're going to start to implement these things one by one and you're going to see how much more sales you generate with less resistance. See yeah. what I did there? Yeah, see, see that? That was, that was interesting. Hey, there's one more that this one has been rec- recommended to me, Aaron, literally three times in the last month, and I haven't read it yet. But there's a book out there called, out there called Never Split the Difference that I'm hearing a lot about, which mm. is a deep dive into the persuasion of how humans make decisions. And I believe it was written by a CIA or FBI guy, and it was how he – you know, how he got information out of people when he was interrogating them. But there is, it, it's a business book now and it's one that I'm going to dive into. So for what it's worth, maybe you take a look at it too. Uh, could be a, a topic for another episode of Sales Velocity. This was a good one here today. This was one of those that for me, Aaron, I remember hearing this problem agitate solution thing really early on. I think it was Dan that probably introduced it to me when I was studying under him. And it's something that has stuck with me. And the reason why is because of the simplicity. I like simplicity especially if you've never gone down this path. I like simplicity first because simplicity gets implemented. Complication doesn't normally get implemented too well. Anyone can implement these three pillars into their sales process and get at least a double or a triple in the results pretty quickly. And then from there, if you want to go a little more sophisticated, you can. We'll most likely talk about it on future shows. Uh, but this is a good one worth going back and I think listening to if it's on the podcast or watching it again. If you haven't, make sure you download the show if you're watching this on the TV version. Now on Apple iTunes, now in Google, soon to be on Amazon, in Spotify, soon to be Pandora. Nice to listen to it on the go. Watch it if you, if you can watch it live. But I'm a big believer that if there's some good content that's actionable, I do two things. I listen first and I don't do anything. And then if I go back again with a notebook, And this time I'm taking down the notes. So it's in me already. 
But then the second time around, I'm drilling down on some notes and some action steps and some takeaways. Might be worth doing that to get this problem agitate solution thing nailed down. Aaron, good one as always today. I'd love to hang and talk a little bit more football, but we are out of time, my friend, and this has been a, a great one. And uh, looking forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Sales Velocity TV or radio. This is Andrew Cast. That's Aaron Parkinson. Over and out. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.